Happy Easter, church. He is risen. He is risen Let's res read responsively from Luke 24, 1 to 9. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. When they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again.
while the ushers are called to the front. What a blessing it is to worship Christ together on this Easter Sunday morning. Amen. We worship the risen Lord not only with our songs and voices, but also through our giving and our generosity. If you're visiting with us this morning, you are obviously not obligated to give. For the rest of us, you can give online at wheatonbible.org slash give or give in the plates as they're passed or send your offering to the church offers office. Ushers, you may now pass the plates and the orchestra will proclaim God's victory over our sin.
All right, what a wonderful worship time, right? How about we give God glory again? Very, very grateful for our worship, uh, traditional worship uh, choir and band and everybody else that is involved. I think that today uh, in the Christian calendar is really the most important day in the history of the world. Like really. It is important not just because Jesus resurrected, but because of the implications of Jesus' resurrection. See, today is one of those days in we have complete permission to celebrate, elevate, and be obsessed with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what I want to do with you, what I want to do for the next few minutes is to share with you why is it that I consider at a personal level Easter the most important day in the history, not only of the world, but in my own personal history. So basically what I want is I want to share some thoughts with you, and I want you to believe the same thing I believe. And some people would say, well, Hannibal, that's a bit disrespectful. It's, you know, you got to respect my personal beliefs. And listen, I, I get it if you feel that way, but I want to make the argument that when you love something and you have been changed by something, the most natural thing is to want to brag about that thing. Actually, we all brag about the things that we love, have, um, we have been changed by. Every single one of us live a life of bragging, actually. So if you're a parent or a grandparent, you brag about your kids. And you brag about your grandkids, even if there's no reason why you should be bragging about that. <laughs> See, if you like your work, or <laughs> I guess that was offensive. I'm, so, I'm sorry. If you like what you do, what you like your work and you like your hobbies, you brag about your work and you, you brag about your hobbies. If you are in love, you brag about the person you love. If you like social media, you brag. Every time you post something, you are bragging about something. And sometimes I look at those posts and say, you shouldn't be bragging about that. <laughs> See, Easter is one of those days in which we get to brag about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if you're a believer, you have something that you never had before. And if you're a believer, you have been transformed by something that you never had before. And for me, this is the main thing. Not the main thing, but one of the main things is that because Jesus resurrected, I am truly a new creation. I am truly a, a new creation, and I would like you to consider that and maybe believe that. And the reason why I say that is because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Really, if we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, if we believe that he died on Friday and he resurrected on Sunday... We have been declared a new creation. And I, what I want to do for the next two hours with you is to give you, I want to see if you are paying attention, to give you five I am's and why I say uh, that I am a new creation. And why I'm saying that if you are a believer, you are a new creation. Number one, if Jesus resurrected from the dead, then you are truly new. Really knew it. Did you notice what it says right at the end of the text that we just read? That the old has gone and the new is here. That is Paul's way of saying that if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ and he died and resurrected. You are not an old person just improved. You are a new person with a new nature. And you live under a new reality. You are not just improved you are completely new now i don't know if you've ever taken a class of marketing or knows anything about marketing marketing but one of the things that marketing people tell you is that if you want to sell an old product you have to package it in a way that it feels like if it's a new product even though it's the old product 
So you go to the store, and you see a tag and something that says new and improved, and you're like, ooh, new and improved. Little that we know that the only new thing about that is the packaging. And you try the thing, and it's the same old thing. Have you ever seen a restaurant? Please, if you own a restaurant, don't take it personal. Have you ever seen a restaurant where it says under new management? Usually that happens because that restaurant was not that good. <laughs> so you see, ooh, new management. So you go to the restaurant, you, own the, you, you order the food, you eat the food, and it's the same lame food. Why? Because the new management was the son of the old owner. <laughs> same chef. That's not what Christianity is all about. Christianity is about being new. The resurrection is about being new. New nature living under a new reality. Easter is the celebration of the new. I am truly new. Not only I am truly new, but I'm also truly free. And you would say, free of what, Hannibal? Well, we all know that part of the reason why we struggle in this world is because we are full of guilt and full of shame. See, we all know, whether we admit it or not, that we struggle because we know what we have done wrong. We all have things that we regret. Sometimes we would like to go back and fix the things that we did wrong. It's just impossible. Therefore, guilt and shame is a powerful thing. And some people try to um, outweigh good for evil and try to do more good for evil to see if you can get rid of your guilt and your shame. The reality is that it's never, ever, ever enough. The good news, though, is that the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 17, that because Jesus resurrected, I am truly free. Look at what it says. If Christ has not been raised... Your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Therefore, because Jesus resurrected, is the ultimate evidence that the Father accepted that sacrifice as sufficient. Therefore, in Jesus, you are truly forgiven because he resurrected. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. I am a new creation because I am no longer bound to my guilt and shame. I am a new creation because I am no longer defined by my sin, my guilt, or my shame. I am a new creation because in Jesus, because he died and resurrected, I have been set free. Easter is the celebration of freedom. I am free. Number three, I'm also someone. See, one of the greatest struggles we have as human beings is always wanting to know that we have value, that we have dignity, that we have an identity. And depending on your upbringing and the context in which you live or lived, the temptation is to build your identity either based on what the community thinks of you, that I'm going to call that the tradition of you, or what you think of you, which is the modern view. But there's multiple problems with these two approaches. See, if you are defined by what other people think of you, the tradition of you, your family, your ethnicity, your community, you are constantly seeking the approval of others to feel that you are somebody. See, you are defined not by your terms, if you will, but you are defined by what everybody else say you should be. That's no way to live. Bound to people's opinion. The opposite of that, though, is the modern view that, in my opinion, it might be worse. Because you're not defined by what people say. You are defined by what you say you are and what you feel you are. But if you are honest, you know that your opinions change all the time. And yet your desires contradict one another all the time. And that your feelings are not really trustworthy. And if that is true, then your identity is constantly changing. You know what makes that even more complicated? That it doesn't matter if you are in the modern view. You still, even though you think that you don't need people's approvals, you do. 
You do care about what people think of you. And there's a simple reason why I say that. Because we are all relational beings. We were designed and created to really care about what other people think. If you're married and you don't care about what your spouse thinks of you, you have issues. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why when people have social media, we post something and within minutes, we check to see how many people liked our post. We care so much even about the people that we don't even know. So, the traditional view does not work, and the modern view does not work. But thanks God for Easter. Because the opinion that, that matters most, we already have. It is because Jesus resurrected that Romans chapter 4, verse 25 says, He, Jesus, was delivered over our death for our sins, over to death for our sins, and was raised to life for our justification. You know, that word justification might be one of the most important words in the Bible. Because when Paul is using the word justification there, he's telling you two things at the same time. He says that if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ and you are justified, you have been declared righteous before the Father. That Jesus took the punishment you deserved. And that because you are in Jesus, you are completely clean, completely accepted, and completely forgiven. This is why I could say that I'm free. But there's a second definition of the word justification. And is that if you have been justified in Jesus Christ, you literally have a new status. God sees you different because you are in Jesus Christ. You are not just a person. You are a person in Jesus, and Jesus is in you. Theologians talk about this in, in the terms of union with Christ. Meaning that the Father, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, the Father loves you just as much as he loves his son, and the Father treats you just the way he would treat his own son. That's why you have a new status. Now, what is interesting about this is that that new status changes everything. And I want to give you an illustration. So many of you know that a few months ago, a um, couple of months ago, I did a trip to Greece and Albania with a couple of pastors from the church to visit some of the missionaries that we support there. And um, one of the persons that I went with is Pastor Kyle. Um, so we're driving from Albania to Greece uh, because they share a border. And we have to stop by the border to get the immigration paperwork, to get the visa to be able to get into Greece. And the, and the agent that we have there, had, he did something. He, called, he, he grabbed all of our, our passwords, and then he would call by name each person. He would open the password, call your name, look at you, stamp the password, and then give it to you. He needed to match the passport, for obvious reasons, with the person. So Pastor Bill, that also one of the pastors that went with us, he went first and got it, went on. And then I heard my name. I heard that the person called Hannibal. So I go to the front. The guy looks at me. He looks at the password. He stamps the password, and he gives it to me. And when I grab it and I'm walking away, I open it, and it's Kyle's passport. <laughs> Listen, I'm brown. <laughs> and he's not. He's got long blonde hair. And I don't. He's got a weird accent. <laughs> and I got a cool one. I'm good looking. And he's too. You see people judging. That's a sin. So I give it to Kaya and we laugh. And he says something that is so true. That password changes everything for you. That password says that I'm American. Regardless. How about if I tell you that in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and because we have been justified, because we are in Christ and Christ is in us, we have something better than an American passport. 
that our status is that we are children of God, fully sanctified, fully justified, fully adopted, and that's your new status. I am somebody. I don't need the approval of anybody, and I don't need my own personal approval. I have been already approved by Jesus Christ because he justified me. Easter is a celebration of identity. Let me just share something else about who I am. I'm a person on mission. And because I'm a person on mission, then I have a purpose. See, the the New Testament makes a connection between the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the the future resurrection or restoration of all things when Jesus returns. Theologians explain this like this. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, an inauguration started. The beginning of a new age, a new kingdom, the beginning of a better future, and when Jesus returned is the culmination of that kingdom. Now, if you, want, if you want to know what that looks like, Matthew 13 says that when Jesus returned, there will be no more evil in the world, only peace, joy, and harmony. That when Jesus returns in, in Revelation 21, there will be no more sickness, crying, or pain. There would only be health and the flourishing of the world. In Hebrews chapter 12 says that the humani- humanity will be made perfect. No more struggle with sin. No more struggle with pride, insecurity, jealousy, discrimination, racism, competition, or indifference. In Romans chapter 8 says that when Jesus returns... All this creation will be liberated from the bondage to decay. No more natural disasters. And there's so much more that I could say about that. But this is the thing. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 that the resurrection is the first fruit. The first taste, not only of the thing that we all going to experience as believers, but the first fruit of the restoration of all creation. That all things will be fully reconciled, says Colossians chapter 1. And if that is true, then pay attention to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know what that means? That's my mission. That's my purpose. To work. To give myself to the work of the Lord. To contribute to what the Lord is doing and will do. That's my mission. That's my purpose. If what is coming is a place and a time of peace and joy and harmony, that's my work here. And that's what I pursue here. If the future is about health and the flourishing of this world, that's my work here. That's what I pursue here. If the future is about the reconciliation and the restoration of all things and a community of love, then that's my work here and that's what I pursue here. I actually believe that this is the only way that you can run away from being a cynic or become a, 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 from cynicism or idealism. See, the cynic is a person that looks at everything that is wrong in the world and says, ah, man, man, as well give up. Nothing is going to change. The idealistic on the other side thinks that we can make heaven here right now. And what the Bible says is that the solution is Easter. Because Easter reminds us that Jesus did inaugurate it, started the new heavens and the new earth. That the new heavens and the new earth is already in motion. Therefore, I have no permission to lose hope. But at the same time, I have no permission to think that everything is going to be perfect here. Why? Because the perfection is going to come when Jesus comes back. I'm still on a mission. And I still have a purpose. Easter is a celebration of mission and purpose. That's why I celebrate that I'm a new creation. And I also celebrate that I'm a new creation because I'm secure. See, because Jesus resurrected, I am a new person. Because Jesus resurrected, I am free and I have been forgiven. Because Jesus resurrected, I am somebody and I have an identity. Because Jesus resurrected, I'm on a mission and I have a purpose. And because Jesus resurrected, I am secure. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Paul says... 
I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion and to the day of Christ Jesus. See that day? Right at the end? It's the second coming of Jesus. I could be com completely confident that what the Lord started, he is going to finish. Easter is a celebration of certainty. What God started, he is going to finish. Now, let me leave you with this thought. I want you to consider that what the resurrection did and what the second coming is going to do was God's original plan for you and for this creation. See, if you wanted to know what the, God's original plan for you was, you have to look at Genesis 1 and 2. If you want to see what the, God's original plan for the creation was, you got to look at Genesis 1 and 2. Because whatever you find there, that's what we were supposed to be, this creation was supposed to be, a place of peace and joy and harmony and health and flourishing and perfect relationships and a creation full of the beauty and the glory of God. You know why Easter is so important? Because Easter was necessary to make of you what you were always were supposed to be. And to make of this creation what this creation was always supposed to be. See, sometimes I wonder, what will be my last words to my family before I die? If, if I get to do that. And I pray that I would say something along these lines. Cry. Cry for me. But cry with hope. Because I'm going to see you later. I am going to see you at home. And the next time you see me, you will get a much better version of me. And you will get a beautiful, perfected version of this creation. And we will get to enjoy the uninterrupted presence of our God and Savior. So this is not a goodbye. It is a see you later. See, on Friday... Jesus would exchange his glory for a cross, would exchange beauty for pain, would exchange peace for a broken heart, would exchange harmony for separation, would exchange joy for deformation. And why did he do that? So we get Sunday. The Sunday that will be the beginning of the best That's why I believe in Easter. That's why I think that it's so important. What about you? Do you have that? If not, today is the day. Let's pray. Our beautiful Savior, we are grateful that Easter is not just this religious celebration in which we celebrate a religious thing. Lord, but we are grateful that Easter is the beginning of something new. The greatest day in the history of the world. The day in which I can truly recognize that I, I am a new creation. I am new. I am free. I have a purpose. I am somebody. And I will be completely transformed. Could you please help us see that and believe that? And we pray for all of this in the name of Jesus and the churches. We'd like to respond with the singing of the Hallelujah Chorus, and we would like to invite all of you to join along if you wish. The music is printed in your worship order. If you choose to sing, sing boldly and with much joy. If you don't choose to sing, worship the Lord from where you're at anyway. Let's stand and rejoice in these amazing truths with the Hallelujah Chorus.
I think that the picture, the vision of the future is what really affects our lives today. We are transformed by the things that we learned from our past, that Jesus died and resurrected, but we also are transformed by the things that come from the future or are in the future waiting for us. How about if I tell you that this is one of the reasons why for the last 18 years we have uh, celebrated something here in the church called CareFest, in which we go as a family uh, of faith into our community to contribute to the restoration, beautification of this creation. So if you haven't signed up yet, I want to invite you to join us. We have about 60 projects. So right after the service, approach one of the tables. They're going to give you this beautiful, super expensive T-shirt. Um, <laughs> And then let's, let's make earth look more like heaven. Amen? Amen? Let's receive the blessing that Jesus Christ guarantees for us. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that his ways may be known on earth and his salvation among all the nations. And the church says, Amen. Thanks for coming, church. We love you.